0: Good evening, here we go, good evening, Uh, today is May 25th and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, this week's step is step four and our speaker tonight is the wonderful Sherry um, joining us from the west coast, thank you Sherry.
1: Thank you, Melissa, for that sweet introduction and sweet welcome. And uh, I know so many people on this Zoom meeting and I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you so much, Amy, for asking me to share on one of my favorite steps, actually. So my name is Sherry and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And there are people here that I don't know. So I'll just give a brief qualification. Um, So I am a real compulsive overeater, hope to die. I started binging and using food for um, medicinal purposes at uh, a very young age. I had a problem with food at about seven or eight. I come from a, um, I, I do know there was a correlation between being molested and then going to the food for comfort, so I'm not, I don't think that's why I am. I think it is genetic and I think I was born with it. So maybe it would have come out or not. Um, I come from a long line of addiction on both sides of the family. And, but I do remember that when I went into the cupboard and I, and I took that bite, I knew that that was going to save my life. And, um, and so I, I didn't have a very, I didn't have a healthy relationship with my body because of these things that were happening. I felt very unsafe in the house I was growing up in. And, um, and then I started putting on more and more weight to keep out, you know, like, then it was my stepfather. So I just, I wanted to hide my body and I kept that weight on so that I would be left alone, but it, it that wasn't really happening. I still um, had some inappropriate stuff happen. And I just remember also that, um, you know, I, I ate when I was happy, sad. I I know that it's not about outside reasons, but I do know that psychologically, um, there was a correlation for me of like, da, 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 you know, da. And, um, And it started to show up in my body and I grew up in a house where everyone was very concerned with their weight and it wasn't allowed and I was shamed for being overweight and so I found my solution which was hardcore drugs at the age of uh, 16 and I became a drug addict in order to not binge and be overweight and so I went to any lengths uh, to not Stuff my face. And I, so I did that up until I was 33 years old. So by the grace of God, I'm still alive today. And that's where my journey in O Readers Anonymous started. So, um, so I talk about these things in my childhood only to say, like, how could someone with that background love step four? Right. Um, you know, obviously, I came with a lot of like, how dare these people do these things to me? Um, so I got sober when I was 33 and within one week of being in the rehab. I gained a size, and then I gained another size, and then I gained another. So everything that I had been, you know, using drugs to control was completely out of control. And this disease was just waiting for me. And I gained uh, over six sizes in like less than six months, and it was it was beyond. It was it was like I made up for lost time. I could not stop consuming food, and I was binging around the clock. I lived alone, and then passing out from all the food coming to watching TV line shut, but luckily I was already sober. So and when I was about six months sober, I, I approached somebody. And so this disease, um, which I know now is a spiritual malady and it had me in a noose and I was suicidal basically. And I went to somebody and said, if this is sobriety, I wanna die. And she recommended that I go to the HAL program because so-and-so went. So that's that started my journey in Overeaters Anonymous to try to help this disease. And that was in 2004, I have 18 months of being recovered, so that should show you there's a long period of there doing it my way self will self will. Um, So now I want to cut to and I want to talk about what is the spiritual malady. you know, a spiritual malady to me. And I took all these notes from different sources because I knew I was sharing on step four. And normally I have it all typed up perfectly, but I'm living a way of like, I'm not doing perfectionism anymore. I'm allowing myself to be a little (laughs) sloppy. Maybe this is what God wants, just notes everywhere. So spiritual malady is restless. That means I'm restless, irritable and discontent without my alcoholic foods and with them, both ways. I was irritable, restless and can still be without spiritual help. Um, I have no other solution except for the solution that's in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That I know today in in my core. I did not get that even though I studied this book like there was no tomorrow and I kept working the steps trying to combat this problem. I couldn't see that i was still playing god right and so my spiritual malady comes from being god playing god i create my own misery i set the ball in motion these are all questions i ask myself when i'm doing step four when i did my very first step four i ate my way through you know i was using cookies because i was newly sober gaining all that weight um i think that i still did a very thorough job it was it was intense and that sponsor i am so grateful that, um, that she, you know, opened it up for me. So I couldn't wait to do my fourth step, by the way, because I came into program knowing that I was, I shouldn't have been born. It would have been better had I not been here. I was a mistake. Surely all my mistake, I want, it was like the reverse pride. I wanted to show someone how I was the worst person in AA So like, I couldn't wait to write it all out to show them. And you know what? Every day, Every time I've done one, the other person, you know, the like sponsors listening to it is like, that's it. Like that was the build. Where's the it was like this huge buildup? And then I gave like my worst humanness. And they were like, okay, yeah, not, not a big deal here. Um, so but she opened it up for me. So I had a problem with the word resentment because I came in as a people pleaser and completely. Um, plus I was using food at the time. Uh, And I've done many, many four steps. So, you know, but she opened up the word resentment. And I think this is so helpful. And I, and I, even though the book says resentment, I get that. For some people, resentment is a harsh word. And maybe they can't identify all of the little things that are actually driving me to food. So when I opened it up and I asked myself, who am I jealous of? Who, who harmed me? Um, Who wronged me in life? Who do I have negative energy with? Um, what are institutions? What are ideas uh, that I'm holding on to? Or, you know, um, anyways, when she opened it up for me and said, what, who, who do you have negative energy with? People, places and things. I went from having five people, my family members to a five hour fifth step. And it was very thorough. And from that moment on, You know, I was driving down the road, went over a speed bump, and I had disturbance with the speed bump. I had resentment that that speed bump was stopping me from getting to where I needed to go. The ATM machines were asking me what language I want, you know, just uh, there's a myriad of things, Uh, people in meetings all of a sudden, you know, when she opened it up for me, I, I mean, I was so blocked with what the core issues were for me that I could not see it. So these steps are cyclical and they're they're circular, I mean. And by doing step four, I cement step three, but I can't really do these steps unless, like they're all in order and they all revolve back around, they back, back, go back around with each other. So step one, I'm completely, now let's cut to to the time that I recovered in over years anonymous. So when I finally surrendered and said, take all my food, I'm no longer using food for comfort. That's That is when I saw, the the malady i could not see the spiritual malady until that time because i was still using whatever some paleo dessert or you know being abstinent a little bit but i wasn't entirely absent thank you for reading that preamble i've never heard that before that was fascinating it said if you take a drop of anything right well i was taking a bite here of this and a bite here of that and, and then trying to like work the steps and it did not work until I completely surrendered, became entirely abstinent with all my alcoholic foods and behaviors and became willing to say that even today, if someone needs to take something from my food plan, take it, I do not want it because my life has been transformed. But you know, my problem is self and self-will and I can't eliminate self-will with self-will. My mind is the problem. So that's where steps four through 12 come in and one, two and three every day. So I just want I hope you, it's okay that I do this, but I, I'm really loving this. I wanna read the step three prayer before I continue with the step four. This is Dr. Bob's original step three prayer. I don't know if anyone's heard it. Um, Dear God, I'm sorry about the mess I've made of my life. I wanna turn away from all the wrong things I've ever done and all the wrong things I've ever been. Please forgive me for it all. I know you have the power to change my life and can turn me into a winner. Thank you, God, for getting my attention long enough to interest me in trying it your way. God, please take over the management of my life and everything about me. I am making this conscious decision to turn my will and my life over to your care, and I'm asking you to please take over all parts of my life. Please, God, move it into my heart. However you do it is your business, but make yourself real inside me and fill my awful emptiness. Fill me with your love and Holy Spirit and make me know your will for me. And now, God, help yourself to me and keep on doing it. I'm not sure I want you to, but do it anyhow. I rejoice that I am now part of your people, that my uncertainty is gone forever, and that you now have control of my will and my life thank you and i praise your name Amen. i just love this prayer sure, that's thank ten thank you and i've added it and i feel like if i if i'm not at this place then i have no business doing step four and probably um you know if you know i really feel like steps one two and three are so crucial to even get what they're talking about here if i don't know that i'm the problem i'm going to have a problem doing the rest of the steps so I love step four, and come to find out, I wasn't the worst person at all. But what I came to find out was that I was a human being, and that and that my self will was driving everything, and I was creating chaos internally and shutting and cutting myself off from block from you know God from the higher power. So I only have one solution to this deadly, hopeless you know hope to die disease that just wants to take me out at any turn, it's a sniper in the bushes. You know, somebody in AA told me this, and I truly believe this, this disease is a sniper in the bushes and it's just waiting and it's just waiting patiently, right? Waits patiently. But you know what? God waited patiently for me as well. God was a gentleman. And when I surrendered, God ran to me. I didn't have to do much. Um, So what do I have to do? I have to be rid of the selfishness and on page, um, Well, it talks about this. One of my favorite quotes in the big book is that on page 64, when the spiritual malady is overcome, I straighten out mentally or we straighten out mentally and physically. And that has been my experience when I focus on the spiritual part of this program, which means getting rid of self. It's the death of self, really. It's the death of ego for me. And it's the death of self. It's not wanting things my way. It's not even having a want. And if I can get to that place, and sometimes I do on a daily basis, my, my life is run effortlessly. And when I'm not, then what do I have? I have this tool of the step four, which I use in my daily inventories that I do in my spot check. Doing a step four is the most amazing thing ever. And what I love is the promise on page 66. I didn't pick too much out of it. I kind of wanted, actually, I was gonna maybe go through a whole resentment with you. Um, but. It says that we turn back to the list for it held the key to the future. That is the hugest promise for me. That is telling me that everything that I need to know for my future of having a recovered, sane, useful life is in this fourth step. And if I just look closely at it, and if I do it exactly precisely as written in the big book, then I can be rid of selfishness. And I can be rid of the things that block me from the only power that can keep me from picking up and that can keep me... um, in a recovered state so i look for the flaws that cause my failure where's the failure mostly this stuff is inside of me it's all manifested in here and i have got to get it unblocked it's i love it talks about being an, a business you know in any business that doesn't take regular inventory goes broke i look at this as a spiritual business and all i'm doing this is not about being good or bad like i initially thought or you know being shamed for doing this is about what is not working today and what could i do differently and what does god want me to do um Yeah, I I can't permit myself to have disturbances or resentments or fears or or, or causing harm on a daily basis. Because if I engage in those things, I'm sure to eat again. And if I eat, I could die. And I really, truly believe that this is, um, you know, this is like life or death. Oh, gosh. Um, So when I do step four, I kind of wanted to do one. I don't know if that's helpful or not, but... um, I don't know. I'm being led to just do one with you to just tell you how my process is and then leave it that and open it up for questions, but, um, I'll do one that's a re- repeat for me and it just keeps coming up and maybe it'll be helpful for me to do it again. And I've looked at it at all different things. So a lot of these resentments that I've run through and looked at my part and things, they have been removed and I don't have, um, I could go run up to that person, usually and give them a hug. Um, also, um, Step four is the key to the future because how do I make amends to people if I don't see my part in things? How, how do I level myself? How do I not see? And by the way, I didn't realize this until I was, you know, abstinent in um, with my big book group and doing it this way, but it actually says that we're already looking at harms when we you know, we do a harm inventory. And mine I did, you know, with and without sex. I felt like that, that's what my sponsor had me do. And that was super helpful to set up my ideals. And all of these things, this is like preparing me for step eight and nine. These are all, like I said, all these steps go together. And, you know, I have one and I'll just say, um, now I'm being moved not to share it with you on here. I don't know because we're being recorded. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm all over the board. I want to ask God to come in because... My brain is um, a little fried. I've been upset. I have one. Here we go. Okay. I'm resentful at my sweet puppy back here. Okay. There's nobody that doesn't belong on the list. If I'm gonna be human, Mary, that's thank fine. Thank you. I'm gonna talk about my resentment with my dog. Okay, because that's what's coming up. I'm resentful at this sweet pure love laying behind me. Why? Because she keeps waking me up uh, very early and I can't get my sleep. So today I got woken up at 4 a.m. What is this effect? This affects my um, ambitions, because I wanted to sleep in later and get a good night's sleep. This affects my security. I need to get enough sleep in order to show up in the world like I think I need to. This affects my personal relations, because I'm a little short today with everybody, and my sex relations, because I'm definitely not interested in um, connecting with my husband, because I'm totally fatigued. Um, so, okay, so then I say a little prayer, like God save me from being angry, like it says in the big book and help and help me to, you know, have understanding, compassion and love. I make up my own prayers actually for the sick man's prayer. I also like what I've heard from our fellow um, that a lot of us know that I'm, you know, this person's spiritually developing if it's a person, but if it's a kid or a dog, that doesn't really apply. So I just ask to save me from being angry. And then um, I ask myself, where's my part, right? So where am I selfish? Because I want what I want when I want it. I I want everything to be on my schedule. I don't actually wanna do anything for anybody else's schedule. I want this whole house to run with my schedule. And uh, if that would happen, then I know the show would be great, wouldn't it? And everyone would get along. Um, I want my dog, to, a dog you know, to do exactly what I want. I don't want her to make any noises until I wake up. So all of this is selfishness. Dishonesty is that um, you know, I, I, I create a story that if I don't get enough sleep, then this will happen or X, Y, or Z. But I don't have any spiritual proof of that. And I'm not accepting that everything's happening exactly as God wants it in the world. And, um, and then have I ever woken anybody up? I have to always look, have I done this? Yes. How many times have I woken up my husband in the middle of the night, but he's not allowed to wake me up. So I have a lot of double standards going on in my life that I'm aware of. And, and then what is the self-seeking? Um, you know, I wasn't as loving towards my dog this morning when I woke up, right? And, and what am I afraid of? I'm, I'm afraid of not getting enough rest. So that's like the gist of it. And, um, and then all of my fear inventory, all my fears are already on column four. And then I have ones that are not attached to resentment. So step four is so much to talk about. It, it, to me, that seems like a two hour um, discussion really because there's so much involved in it, but it's really not. It's so like the simplest tool I have to have freedom. And without it, I couldn't be recovered today and I couldn't find my part in it. And now I can't wait the minute I'm disturbed, yay, I get to go through and do a four-step. Why? Because then I have power to change something. If if I'm not the problem, there is not going to be a solution. And then I'm, you know what? I don't want to say the F word on here, but that's what I am. Uh, if, if if I'm relying on everybody else and I'm not the problem, then I am totally effed up. And there's no solution. But when I'm the problem, there's a solution. And it's with God's help. He can... God, he or she, I like to call great spirit in the universe, great spirit in the sky, mother nature. I I changed the words, but there's a loving force that's keeping me obstinate today. That's making me have a life beyond my wildest dreams that has freed me from a hopeless state of mind and body. And that's it for me. Thank you.
0: Oh, Sherry, my sister. Thank you so much for that beautiful share. I, from one formerly broken little girl, rebuilt on these steps to another. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and giving so much of yourself to this group. Um, I'm gonna have to call you tomorrow because I'm not gonna take to share here, but uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares related to step four. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter. And step being studied this week, we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And our wonderful Zoom host on Team Tuesday, Kira, will call on the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce them when time is up. Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, Karen. Thank you again, Sherry, I will mute. Thank you, Melissa.
2: First up, we have Victoria.
3: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Sherry. This is Victoria Compulsive Overeater. Um, I was planning on just sitting here with my camera off, but that was so amazing. I had to, um, jump in. So thank you so much. And I was sitting here thinking, wow, not only is it, is it Sherry, who's the speaker, but we get some free dog content in the background and then it became part of the share. I'm just, I'm really into it right now. Um, thank you for particularly talking about this as a, as a business like as a smart business opportunity, right? To take the inventory. I like to tell people, and and sometimes when I tell my sponsees something, it's like really me talking out loud to myself, but feeling like it's more appropriate since there's somebody else there listening to me. And I say, you know, pretend we're in the museum. We're not going to the museum and saying, oh, they should have painted that a different color or, oh my God, what were they? You know, who, who put this next to that artifact? No, we're just saying, oh, look what's here okay, look what's here. Okay. Do we want to, do we want to keep this in the curation? Hmm. You know, like, let's see what's there and then, and then be objective about it. Um, and I also loved what you said about just, you know, does this make me the worst person in the world? Because I think we can, I think we've all felt like that at some point. And I'm sure we'll hear more of that next week, you know, as we go into step five about, you know, the trepidation of sharing with somebody that we look up to sometimes in our sponsorship role. Um, about our, about the things we've done wrong or our resentments, but I just so appreciate you saying, you know, no, I'm a human. And I heard somebody say, um, that their sponsor told them they're a garden variety compulsive overeater, you know, like, I'm not that impressed. I'm not that impressed. You're a garden variety compulsive overeater. And I love that because that brings us back to the humility of this program to know our true worth of that, you know, yeah, I'm not the best, but I'm also not garbage. You know, I'm, I'm the creation of this higher power, Um, So that was what spoke to me through what you shared. And so thank you so much for bringing that up. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Victoria. Next, we have Amy.
0: Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, everybody giving service on this meeting. And thank you, Sherry M for that, like incredibly honest and passionate and um, God connected share on the four step. I wrote a lot, but the big one for me was that step four is the key to the future because it shows me what God wants me to do differently. Can you speak to how you action step or like, even like, is that a mindset when doing the step four that it is, that it is the map to what I want to do differently. I just, I just would love to hear you speak more on that because it struck me?
1: Yeah, that's, thank you so much, Amy. That's a great question. And, um, and I get to that part of it of what God wants me to be really, because most of my resentments are all fueled by fear. I would say that if I wasn't running my life on fear and anxiety and uh, you know that I wouldn't have all these disturbances. It's always uh, my security's threatened. Usually, my security, someone's taking what what I have, or I'm not going to get what I want. And so, by the time I'm, I run it through the fear inventory, and you know that really brings me to tears. Honestly, I mean that part of the inventory to me, the fear inventory is one of my favorites because it's so so powerful. So when I when I do, and I am sort of hinting at a tenth step here, but when I do, um, right? So I do a full. I run it through the lens exactly as I did in step four. And then, if there was a fear ta- attached, I go, I then go from there and I do the fear inventory. And by the time I get there and I ask God, God, how would you have me be in that, you know, tied to that same resentment? And I close my eyes and I get quiet and I can see and I, and I really go deep with the fear so I also ask myself why do I have this fear and usually it's something today but a lot of times I can source it to something that happened way in the past and I'm bringing that to the future and by the time I dissect that and I get to how it's and how is me running the, how am I relying on finite self and the ways in which it doesn't work I'm already getting weepy, right? I'm already getting like humanized. And then I ask God quietly, What would you have me be? And, um, you know, a lot of times it's be humble. You know, that's really kind of the message I get of just be, and, and also just to be knowing that your worth comes from me, sweetheart. And the, and the way that my higher power talks to me is like the sweetest thing. And oh, here we are, honey. Like, remember, you can't get anything from anybody. You're looking for, you know, I, I'm a kind of person that likes ticker tape parades, right? I've heard this on our line before, but like I make a dinner for my husband. Where's my ticker tape parade? And you know, I want I want to be the best, or da, da, da. and you know, and God's just constantly leveling me. And when He levels me, that's when to me the grace comes in. That's and true. then I say yes, and I believe that. So then I have to ask myself, do I believe? Do I want that also? What God wants for me, do I want? And then it's in alignment and then I carry that out, right? And I try to be in alignment with what God wants for me. Great question, thank you. Great answer, thank you. I am, woof,
2: thank you. Thank you, it's all around. Um, Thank you and next we have Victoria S.
4: Victoria compulsive overeater I'm always confused by the mute button like do you unmute me do I unmute myself anyway I'm grateful to be awkward with all of you um hey Sherry thank you so much for your share I so track with you and how um just how you unpack really and I'm. I have long term recovery in another program, and I'm in. I'm new to Overeaters Anonymous with 61 days of abstinence. So I have like. I, thank you. I'm so grateful because I am bodily and mentally different from my fellows. That is for sure. And I'm bodily and mentally different from my own image of myself. And um, so I'm kind of like. I'm, I kind of do the set aside prayer in the morning so that all the, the tools that work for me, the four step that works for me, the four columns that work for me in my life. Um, I want to have a new experience because I'm in a brand new experience. I get to be a newcomer and I have so much faith that I am just just adored I mean my higher power is just nuts about me it's like sometimes I have to like isolate to get away but point I'm making is um um that I was under the impression that I would once I did my fourth step I would never be disturbed again and yet the book reminds me I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion and and it's subtle And it's a subtle, but the good news is, is that once I have a relationship with a loving God established and growing, and as I understand him in italics, meaning gradual, meaning I don't understand him, meaning who knows, all bets are off. Um, that I can uh, uncover, discover and discard, you know, the things, the thing when I'm disturbed, there's something within me. And I love, I always look for what I'm afraid of not getting or afraid of losing. And I'm always willing to not get it. God, if it's your plan and always willing to lose it. I love that you shared that if one of your foods got to be removed, Hey, go for it. I'm game. And I love the moments that I have that kind of like that um, zero gravity, that neutrality in my life about all things, not just the food. The food is a a symbol, a symptom, they say, of my and that I have to accept that my answer is spiritual, period, not muscling, not mentalizing, but surrendering. Anyway, thank you.
2: Thank you, Victoria. Next we have Christine.
5: Are you able to unmute Christine? Oh, yes, here I am. Uh, My name's Christine M. Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Grateful to be here, grateful to be abstinent. Um, Thank you so much, Sherry, for your share. Um, It was amazing. And I'm just really grateful. Um, I've been in relapse for um, like three years, and I'm just now, um, and I've and I've came back a few times and then left again. And so um, I'm working with a sponsor right now, and um, I'm abstinent and I'm excited. And one of the things that really stood out to me was you talked about your humanness, you know, embracing your humanness because you know, I always think I have to have all the answers, you know, um, and I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to live life without binging. I don't know how to, you know, manage my emotions without them building up and me just eating up the kitchen. Like, I don't know how to do that. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, I'm recovered in AA. It doesn't matter whether I know the material, none of that matters. You know, it's, it's a spiritual solution. And, um, and I'm just really grateful that, you know, that um, my higher power is 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 humbling me and opening my mind and my heart, like what was said earlier, to have a new experience and set aside everything I think I know. And just um, like I said, embracing my human humanness and knowing that it's not a moral issue because I treat it like it's a moral issue, you know, if I'm you know, abstinent that I'm good. If I'm not, then I'm bad. And um, I'm sick, you know, and I think I'm really starting to embrace the fact that this is a disease, you know, it's not a moral deficiency. And I'm grateful for that. Um, I feel a sense of relief when I'm able able just to sit here and say, you know what, you guys, I I don't know, like, I have no idea. Um, But it's very liberating. It's very freeing. Um, And I also want to say, I love the way you talked about the resentment, how your sponsor opened it up for you and talked about, um, you talked about jealousy because I, I'm, I get jealous um, really quick and it's not um, jealous of people for what they have. It's jealous of people for who they are. If I think that they're getting more attention than me or more accolades than me, and that's me, you know, trying to find fulfillment in wholeness in other people instead of in my higher power, you know, and so, um, which I'm never going to be fulfilled as long as I do that and continue to go back into the food when people don't live up to these, um, expectations that I think they should live up to or the expectations that I've set for myself that, um, I couldn't possibly meet. So I'm just really grateful to be here. Thank you for your amazing share. That's all I have.
2: Thank you so much, Christine. Uh, next we have Emma. Okay.
6: Hey, um, I actually wanted to thank both Amy. Hey, Sherry. Um, I'm so happy to see you. I was like, I just got home from work and there had been some stuff happening at work. And I was like, I'm just going to eat extra sunflowers. It's not going to be a big deal for dinner. Um, and at that same moment, I'm not kidding. You were talking about, you were wrapping up your share and you were talking about, you know, the entire abstinence. And I was like, dude, this is what she's talking about. Like the extra sunflower seeds that was not in my food plan for dinner. And I mean, that was God shot. Like I'm getting emotional talking about it, but, um, Thank you sherry like i totally really you speak you totally spoke um hp was in your share it was just so beautiful um thank you a bunch and thank you amy for um putting this together it's kind of a weird time for us western people because we just get out of your work yeah, sure I understand. but um just want to say thank you guys so thank you ladies that's it
2: thank you so much is anyone else interested in giving a share while we are in our recorded segment. If not, we will end the recording. Um, I could share quickly also. That's an option. Um, that's okay. Um, hi everyone, I'm Kira. I'm a recovery compulsive reader and bulimic, and I was really moved by your share, um, Sherry, and I um I also that Dr. Bob thing, I had never heard it and I immediately went and looked it up. So thank you for that. And just that ability to we can we can work these steps and we can read the big book and we can bring in what we need to bring in like to it and make it work for us. We're not it's not blasphemous, you know, it 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 helps us get by. So I, I really appreciate like even someone like Dr. Bob is doing that. And it's, it's really cool. Um, um, my, my, the the sponsor, my sponsor now who took me through the big book and we did the fourth step, um, really emphasized that fact finding and fact facing mission. And that for me has been so important. And this I've, I'm sure some people have heard me talk about this, but it's really important for me to know that I am not becoming or changing my reality by doing a fourth step. Like those things that I did, they happened. What I'm actually doing is like for the first time able to be honest about them and turn them over and start this or continue on this healing process of not letting them like haunt me for the rest of my days and keeping them alive in my thoughts and my actions and of course more and more gets revealed even after that initial fourth step but i like that that comforted me and like that line of compassion and responsibility is like one that i have to walk these days it's like i i do a 10 step like i can acknowledge that i shouldn't have done this thing or i did it and here i am taking responsibility for it while also like not beating myself up and the same mentality really helped me in the fourth step and um like what a trust fall it is like yes the obvious thing is to turn it over to someone else in step five and trust that other person but for it was so comforting and for me to do that with my higher power like this was a huge one of the first tests that I could like be held and walk through this and with everything new is scary to me or was scary and I can do the hard thing and and get through it and live like I'm still here. It's like, I mean, every day is a miracle that I can just show up. And uh, a quick thing I heard on a podcast today is like, um, if we're feeling defensive, we're afraid someone will take something away from you. And originally, my thoughts were like, I was feeling defensive about my actions, or I was feeling fearful to, to address them. But that makes sense. Like, there's the compassion. It makes sense why I would feel fearful. It makes Hi. Sense. Thank you. Why I'd be defensive. And I don't need that anymore. So, thank you. And now we will stop the recording.
0: Okay. So, we have stopped the recording.